Welcome to this week's episode of the Secondary Teacher Podcast. It's a special episode. It's number 125. And so for this, I thought I would bring on a guest. So this is my very first guest episode, and it happens to be my welding teacher husband. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. All right, Jared, for people who don't know you, give us like a very brief explanation of who you are, what you teach, all that fun stuff. My name is Jared, and I teach welding. I've been teaching uh, high school for 14 years, and I also did a little bit of post-secondary teaching at the same time for about seven. One of the reasons that I wanted to bring Jared on is questions that I've been getting very frequently, or I guess a few times, have been about having multiple spaces in addition to multiple preps. So Jared and I, we both have some experience. Jared taught at two different schools, both with shops. So he's going to have some perspective that way. And then I taught at two different schools. And then also within one of those, one of the second schools that I was teaching at, I had to share classrooms. So I had a classroom and then I also had a computer lab and I would change class periods throughout the day. So as we were kind of talking before we hit record and actually after we already hit record the first time and we started talking about maybe some of the things that we have learned now that maybe would have helped us more in in that life when we were living between the different schools. So Jared, why don't you let us know kind of what your big piece of advice that you would give anyone who is splitting their time, especially between two different shops? I think my number one thing would just be keeping track of your inventory and consumables, things that you're going to purchase on a regular basis and you use for your lab settings. You know, this could be even in a science lab or a CTE lab, like for middle school or a shop setting with sandpaper or grinding discs or whatnot. You just need to know how many you use on a regular basis and try and make sure you're keeping track of that. When I was bouncing between two schools, I had to make sure that things were set up and ready and I had stuff purchased about two days in advance for when I got back to that school again, that I had stuff either delivered that day or that I could have it ready to use for that day when I got back. So I'm going to add on to that with the inventory. So my inventory was a little bit different because I was kind of teaching some hands-on classes, a materials and processes class, but it wasn't like having the huge shop equipment. But I did really have to stay up on my ordering. And so I did need to know usually usually several days in advance, if not like a whole week in advance so that I knew that I had everything and that I brought them to the right location. So you'll need to come up with some sort of like system and whether it's a cart, I know there's a lot of teachers that have like a traveling cart that goes from one class to another and you have everything on it. So it's kind of like a hub that that will really save a lot of time and 
a lot of your thinking of like wondering where where things are. Now with Jared, you also, when you were splitting between schools, that other school, so one of your schools, you just had your shop to yourself, but then the other school you were sharing with the ag mechanics class. What advice do you have for how to work with another teacher when they're using your same facility? Well, yeah, I just realized too, I shared a classroom and an office at both schools. Um, and so as, uh, now that I think about it, it took a while to remember 14 years ago. But um, you do need to come up with a good uh, norm list with that uh, co-teacher so that on the off days that you're at the other school and they're using your space, you need to make sure that there's a list of like, hey, when you're done with the lab, when you're done with the office, when you're done with the classroom, this is how we both want the space to be uh, when we show up the next day. Um, and I think that's just more courteous more than anything, but it is kind of frustrating if you walk into your classroom and the teacher the day before left paper everywhere or stools everywhere um, versus having things nice and tidy for your lessons and stuff like that. So I would definitely uh, sit down with your co-teacher if it's a shared space uh, or a, a lab that's used by multiple teachers and come up and after school someday with a list of like, hey, make sure the sound volume on the media mixer is at this level. Make sure this and that because it, it seems kind of silly, but as you come in and you're going to play a quick intro video to get the kids front loaded and the volumes cranked because they were partying out the next day and everyone blows their eardrums. Um, those are some considerate things to think about if it's a shared space. As you were talking, it reminded me of something kind of from my admin perspective. When you first talked about how not only did you have a shared classroom, but you also had like a shared like working space for you and the other teacher. And I will say from an admin perspective that it really isn't a huge burden to ask someone for for a space that you can call your own and even if it's a a a desk or something that's in the faculty room that you can like put things in a cupboard and store it and lock it or if it's some random closet that they've converted into an office it really is mm -hmm. better for you to have a place or a space that you can call your own, even if you are traveling from one school to another. And you might have to get creative. And so as you approach your administration, if you don't have a space like that, I would really encourage you to maybe brainstorm some possible solutions before you were to come to someone that um, that would allow you to have that space and not worry about you know, sharing and like whether or not the whole space is going to be cluttered from one day to the next. Yeah. At the one school, they wound up giving me a, a closet to put my desk in. There wasn't enough room in the office and the classroom to have both our desks. Uh, at the other school, they had two, two office desks inside the office and we kind of shared the space. Uh, that teacher eventually they, they all worked it all out where they found another classroom but to start off for the first year it was jammed packed for sure oh the worst was when they were doing uh, anatomy and they were dissecting whatever they dissect like frogs or pigs or whatever the classroom smelled so bad the next day uh, i now remember that it was it was 
gross. But uh, that was something that I had to, you know, you didn't come up with a norm on making sure that you air out the classroom before you leave. <laughs> okay. And then as we wrap up, um, I have another question for you because you did have students at two different locations, which might is probably the extreme. Hopefully not too many of you out there are going between schools, but obviously both of us have done it. So we could know we know that that could be a high likelihood. How did you manage like the grading and the paperwork? And I know you were like grading like your students like welding in their coupons how did you manage that and maybe what solutions did you come up with to make that process faster and easier well originally you know as i was grading assignments it was i kind of had different buckets if you will for each class period and i would put the kid's name on it and i would put it in their class periods bucket and then at the end of the day, I would go back through and actually enter the score in the grade book. And this was something to keep the kids moving faster throughout the class because I didn't want to take too much time. Uh, but what happened is the time would build up at the end of the day because I wasn't grading it on the spot. I wound up spending all the time grading all my classes at the end of the day. So over time, I developed a kind of like a time card system where I had all their assignments written down on their time cards. So they'd punch in and out for the day, but I also would sign off their welds, um, their assignments as they went. And so at the end of the day, instead of looking through all these heavy pieces of uh, metal through all these buckets, it was a stack of papers and I'd quickly be able to glance at them um, and get them entered in and even recently i've been able to create a system to alphabetize slash number the class so that it's fast for me to go through the grade uh the grade book itself because i alphabetize it or number it one through 35 or whatever uh, but first and then i go to the grade book and then i can enter in all the scores really fast so you've come up with several different systems and then like improved your systems over time oh, yeah. to save you way more time. And I would think that would be like my biggest suggestion too is never be too uh, attached to any one great idea you have because there's never, uh, a, uh, never a reason why your great idea can't even become even better if you decide to expound upon it or expand it to do something else. And if it's not helping you be any faster or more efficient at your grading, then just get rid of it and try something new. Even if it seems kind of crazy, it may lead into a better idea. So another thing we wanted to touch on is being in multiple rooms. So you're in the same school. And when I was teaching, I had a classroom and then I had a computer lab. And they weren't like neither space was mine. I had to share both of those spaces. So I really was like the the crate person. So I didn't have a nice little rolly cart. I had a crate that went from one space to another. And one thing that I found that made it really helpful and easy is to not stress so much about like paperwork. This is when I started making 
packets for students. And so I could make like my copies like all at once. And then my students had their packets. And then I had, I even had like a color coding system. So one class was this color, another class was this color. And then it helped me when I was doing my planning, I had like a binder that was a certain color so that it coincided. So it could keep me straight as I was going from one to another. And that's one thing that saved me a ton of time and made it so that it was less stressful going from one place to another is I wasn't having to cart those copies everywhere. And I did try to do things as digital as possible. This is when like LMSs were like very first. So if I were in that same situation now, I would probably do a lot on my LMS. But the most stressful thing that I felt was by having those different spaces that I really didn't have like anywhere to stockpile. So I, I didn't have that luxury of having like a million copies and like having them laid out on a counter because I would have to collect them every single time. Now, Jared, do you have anything else that you want to add to that? Yeah, well, so mine's a little bit different because I do have a classroom and a shop. Um, so at the same time, I can have kids kind of floating from a brainstorming side of things being they're in the classroom unsupervised in some way or in the shop unsupervised in some way because as I'm floating around trying to keep my eye on everybody. Um, also, my shop has little nooks and crannies that the kids can kind of hide in or behind. And in fact, most of the shops in our district have separate rooms and several nooks and crannies. They're never wide open. So I think managing uh, kids and one class period in multiple different spaces can be very challenging. Um, you kind of need to never get too comfortable parked in one spot. You always want to be able to be moving around. I remember my first observation, I was either my first or second year teaching, uh, the assistant principal came down. He didn't. He was just there to watch. And on our post-op, he thought it was really funny there's a group of kids that literally dosy doed around the blind spot in our shop. So as I was walking clockwise around it, they stayed exactly polar opposite of me and there's a big wall. And so as I was passing through one area, they were invisible to me and they had a lookout and they kept kind of watching which way I was wandering left or right. And then they would just reverse their direction. And so he just kind of gave me advice at that time to try and be less predictable and be a little bit more emotioned uh, to, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the classroom. And as, as if a kid's waiting for answers, you just tell them to come along uh, with the ride, if that makes sense. Uh, don't park in one spot for too long and just kind of keep wandering through to keep your eyes out on things. And then as you're wandering, you, get, you just got to take inventory of which students you see and which students you don't see. And then really start hunting down the ones you're like, okay, I'm missing so-and-so. I'm missing number one. I'm missing number two. Okay, where were they? Where's the last time? And then you start asking kids, hey, have you seen so-and-so? And then they might say, oh, yeah, he was over in the paint booth. And then you can meander over that way and say, okay, yeah, he's still there or no. Um, the last thing I did was I did install cameras in my, my facility for my spaces because I had so many different hiding areas. and if there's really a question at the end of the day, I verify where these kids were and what they were doing. And it's, it's actually, that has saved me more times than not uh, later on. And I know there's a lot of questions that teachers may have about being recorded 
and having that video. But I've just said if you if you teach uh, without any question, then you shouldn't be worried about who's watching you win kind of thing. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, Jared, for spending some time with me late at night while our kiddos are sleeping. If this episode was helpful to you, it could be for others. So please share it with any of your teacher friends and we will talk to you next time. Bye.